Hi, everyone. This is Aaron from the Sprocket Podcast. And this is Guthrie from the Sprocket Podcast. Um, just, we got some sad news uh, come to us uh, just the other day. Um, guest of the show, uh, Zed Bailey from episode 126, um, uh, has passed away. Um the report that I've read is suicide in Hawaii. Um, And uh, so as a tribute, I thought it would be um, fitting to replay that interview with Zed and Dan Kaufman um, from episode 126 um, this week. Um, I, New Zed, I know he had his demons. He's had struggled with addiction. Um, and uh, there were also some uh, other issues around the Portland bike scene with him. Um, but him and I always got along. Um, I always liked talking with him. Uh, we always had good conversations whenever we were on rides together. Um, we weren't super close. I wasn't even aware that he had moved to Hawaii. Um, I just assumed I hadn't seen him because we hadn't been on many group rides this year. Um, but on another note, um, being somebody who, uh, has, um, also struggled with their own demons and, um and suicidal ideation i just also want to encourage anybody out there who is listening to please go get help we have a national suicide hotline um that will post the number for those of you in oregon there's a statewide suicide hotline um please get help you're not alone you're not the only one who's thought these thoughts or had felt these feelings i know it feels like you are but before you take that one permanent solution look for other solutions and there are people who will help you i guess uh guthrie unless you got more to add uh i will just go ahead and roll that episode yeah um i didn't know him personally but i agree with everything that you said um you know under normal circumstances um that type of struggle is pretty damn real and having the last three months that we've all had doesn't make it any less so um so yeah we'll we'll roll the up and uh for the amount that I struggle personally with that um, factor in my life. I'm thankful to those around me who reach out and show support. And so if we can offer that to any of our listeners, if you're feeling um, that that's affecting you right now, we're here for you and you're part of our, you're part of our family and uh, feel free to reach out because we're all here for each other at the end of the day. Right on. All All right. right. 
It plays when we don't want it to, and then when we want it to. You can't win. Yeah. Hello, all. Welcome back to the Sprocket Podcast, where we simplify the good life. My name is Brock Dittis. And I'm Aaron Flores. We're broadcasting from the People's Republic of Portland, nestled in the heart of Cascadia. We are the show that brings you somewhat irreverent conversations about the intricacies of thinking locally with a global perspective and enjoying the best that life has to offer along the way. Covering day-to-day life, food, alcohol, bicycles, and alternative transportation, arts and culture, communication, and the internet. And today, multimedia. Yes, uh, video multimedia presentations. Yes, does that make us sound dated? Uh, we're, <laughs> I guess it does, doesn't it? <laughs> With HyperCard, uh, <laughs> I like multimedia. <laughs> uh, we're in the studio with. Uh, Dan Kaufman and Zed Bailey from Crank My Chain Cycle TV. Uh, is it PDXK TV? Is that another? Is that a different thing? PDXK Productions is our business. You know, it falls under. It's right. kind of the corporate master, really. right? And and uh, legend and lore from Portland bicycle culture uh, uh, of all stripes. So. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. We are. Uh, I believe we're enjoying some ciders. Uh, which one is this again? This is all Newton. Newton's folly. Yeah, yeah. What was his folly? Drinking I think too much cider. I, maybe discovering gravity. Yeah, <laughs> things got really heavy. That was a stupid joke that I got. <laughs> Thank you, Back to the Future. He ain't heavy. Uh, He's my brother. So yeah, we uh, we got those. I've got just this the inkling of old crow. Do either of you guys want some of this uh, this whiskey that's sitting on the table? Sure, I'd have some. All right. Um, do you mind using a glass that I used earlier? Uh, as long as you don't mind losing your voice like me. All right. Simple enough. Okay. We're pouring it out right now. Uh, the old crow will kill anything. It really does. I, I feel like there is certainly uh, there's some merit to that. Tell you what, I'll uh, I'll pour that out. Have at it. If uh, if you don't finish it, I'll finish the rest. Now we got to start a drinking we'll game, of course. I, yeah. So what should it be? Every time you say fantastic. Oh, that's going to happen a lot. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That. <laughs> Kick it off. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, I was able to join you guys at uh, your event, which happens at VeloCult uh, monthly on Wednesday nights. Uh, is it the third? The third Wednesday. Third Wednesday of the month. Yeah. And uh, I, I had the pleasure to be there uh, for the last one in, I guess it was the end of March. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, it was great having you there and hearing your podcast. It's kind of the first, you know, we've done a lot with people coming up and speaking on the microphone, which you did, of course. And we've had people show their movies, uh, talk about tours, do all sorts of different things, play songs, uh, do interpretive dance. We've had it all. But you are the first person to come and play audio clips from yeah. the podcast. That was great. I wasn't entirely sure how that would how that would go, but it seemed to go okay. Uh, we got things worked. Uh, Velocult has a fine sound system in their uh, in their cavernous space. We got a lot of speakers, and uh, and there was a guy like across the room playing them for me. So that worked out nicely. Anyways, open bike happens yeah every month. And uh, how long have you guys been doing this? Open bike we've been doing since the beginning of January or middle of January. We started, so it's still relatively brand new. It it is new. And, uh, you know, I think everybody thinks that they, one, have to talk about bicycles and that they need to ride their bicycles there. You know, we, we're, just, we're not judges, right? Of course not. That's good. 
Uh, so Neither of you. Told by Jesus loves everybody. That's right. right. <laughs> you know? And that, that's your uh, your nickname. Is that correct? Yeah, that's my, my bit of my moniker. I come up as uh, Tall Bike Jesus. There we go. Had little ditties and dances with with Jesus of nice. the Tall Bikes. It was it was glorious. Nice. Amen. Just save your sprocket or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Of course, we want you to come see the light, um, and and that's what Tall Bike Jesus is is helping you do. But you know, <laughs> he's not going to sit there and and uh, judge you for for maybe driving your car to Velocult and then and then doing a poem about. Your car, right? You know, we it, we wouldn't judge that per se. Is this at least space. in front of your face? Yeah, <laughs> I like to think of it as the the Einstein theory here. Is uh, Einstein gained his theory of relativity by riding a bicycle? So not necessarily the theory of relativity is about bicycles, but right. it's inspired by the bicycles, and that's what our show is about. Definitely inspired bicycles by the bicycle. Are the hub of, of, of many good things. Right. Nice. Nice. Uh, and uh, both of you guys are from Portland, right? Or you as far as like I'm, having been here for a while. I'm Rocky Mountain style. Okay, a little bit Rocky Mountain high. Rocky Mountain oysters. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had those? No. Okay. Yeah. So they're not popular in the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> it's one of I those. try not to eat balls. Yeah. <laughs> That's always a good policy. Oh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> Sorry, our relationship's just been oh wow disbanded because I, thought, I don't eat balls. Gosh, I thought there was hope for us. That's what all this was leading towards, right? Wow. <laughs> Dangerous. So, <laughs> I I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Yeah. So it's interesting to me because I, I don't think of Portland's indigenous uh, settlers, like the, the people who have been here for generations, I don't think of them as necessarily being bicycle-centric. Like most of the people I meet that are Portland's old stock are people who maybe uh, you came, like they came from a lumberjack's family or something like this. And uh, so, yeah, to, to have you actually born and raised here and still like bikes uh, is interesting to me. Well, I think it's, you know, it's interesting if you go back to the early 90s or into the 80s, bikes were of no bigger consequence than they were in any other city in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I do think it is in my DNA. You know, um, my dad built a bike path in our neighborhood when I was a kid, and uh, he won an award. I remember that was one of my proudest moments of my dad when I was about, I don't know, eight or so, when he got this uh, cork, this was cork with metal bicycles, like a, a high-wheel bike, and he put it on uh, in his room. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah. So it had a big impression on me, you know, uh, he rode his bike a lot. I I rode on the back of his bike. We rode bikes as kids. My grandfather rode a bike. Um, they lived over not too far from here in the Woodstock neighborhood. And okay. This is a great place for biking. I mean, it's flat and, you know, um, the good streets, the small grid system. A lot of unpaved streets if you like that sort of thing. Yeah, you know. So it, it, it helps slow down traffic, I guess. But uh, – so, so I think that there there has been some some influence there, and then you know my grandfather uh, had a trike, and so I think that's what influenced me perhaps to get the disco trike, which is an ast- an adult style trike. Yeah, you know, can we bookmark that once we're done with the introductions because I want to talk about the disco trike a little oh, bit. Fuck yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, your grandpa had a trike that was uh, it was just for mobility, kind of like uh, getting around. He wanted to pedal himself his own places uh, without the aid of a combustion engine. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, you know, and he'd, he'd have an umbrella, and he'd be riding his trike around. You know, so it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, so there, it's yeah. Thanks. It's Actually, like, that's yours. Oh no. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good times. And uh, cheers. Ah, cheers. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Old Crow cider and uh, Aaron. I'm sorry, we didn't we didn't get you anything. Uh, yeah. I've got exciting <laughs> water here. <laughs> 
Somebody needs to be sober. It's non-fluoridated, right? So far. I could have some fluoride if you want me to. I got toothpaste in my bag. There you go. Stir it in. That is the thing. That's, that's the most troubling aspect of this whole fluoridation legislation that's being pushed through Portland right now is that they're going to take a bunch of toothpaste, just dump it right in. That's sad. Just dump it in yeah, the It's going to be minty, I guess. Exactly. You know, why is it that pretty much any toothpaste that you buy has fluoride in it when fluoride is only really useful to people who are about 10 years old and younger? Hmm. You know? I, I was not aware of this. I, I don't know a whole lot about fluoride. We need adult toothpaste. We do. <laughs> Grown know? up. A new so market. You, you, have to pay, <laughs> you have to pay twice as much for, for, for toothpaste that doesn't have fluoride in it. Seriously, yeah. Uh, that, that's strange to me. I know uh, triclosan was the other ingredient that I've always intrigued by. Uh, there, there's a big debate on the internet about whether or not it's good or not. And I remember my dentist always recommended that I get triclosan toothpaste because it does better at fighting the germs and whatnot. And uh, and then there was one of those forwarded emails that was printed out and brought into my workplace because everybody I work with is like seventy years old, and so uh, they they all say like, "Hey, we should we should learn about this." And they bring you know stacks of printed paper onto the table and say, "Read this email forward." Instead of actually forwarding it to you by email, they, they drop it on the table. That's nice of them. Yeah, yeah. So that was how I learned that triclosan might actually be dangerous. But I don't know if it is or not. I have no idea. It seems like a Snopes thing. Oh, totally. I was just going to say Snopes.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we should get them to sponsor the podcast. <laughs> That'd be a useful sponsor. Snopes should actually review the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Sprocket podcast, bullshit or not. <laughs> Doesn't actually happen. Um, we've, we've, I don't we've, think we fight cavities. I'll tell you that. I, that's yeah. Seriously, we probably with chocolate and liquor and, and alcohol, and, <laughs> and if, I'm sure there's a fair amount of sugar. Liver on, liver on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of the concerns about fluoride for uh, just as we're on the subject, one of the concerns about fluoride is is we've got a lot of brewers, micro brewers, home brewers. Um, fluoridated water is not good for brewing. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's all I need to know. You know, I'm that's, voting no. In a way, yeah, that's that's true. That's for really the love enough. of the beer. That, that really is enough for a lot of people. It'd be enough for me, I think. Yeah. Well, does that mean that they're going to have to start importing water for our beer? Is or that, like uh, distilling the water before? Right. Before, uh, yeah, adding it. Or I'm o- I'm it. only for distilleries if they produce alcohol. <laughs> so right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the brewer, you know, you'll start seeing your brewmeister down at the side of the Willamette, you know, getting some buckets of water and exactly. back to the, you know, hub or yes. Bridgeport or wherever. And I'm afraid of the day when we start making beer out of the Willamette. <laughs> <laughs> that just seems like a dangerous and sludgy prospect. <laughs> you know, I bet they're it all be so stouts. Bad. It already looks like a stout. <laughs> so, Zed, you uh, you said you're from the mountainous area of Colorado? Blackfoot, Idaho. Is Blackfoot, Idaho. Born. Okay. Those then, are also the Rocky Mountains. Indeed, indeed. Then I uh, ventured down to uh, the Salt City, Salt Lake City, Utah. There we go. And uh, What's that place with, like? Kicked it with the Mormons. Yeah. Have you ever seen SLC Punk? It's a, it's a oh, recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it, Aaron, you're familiar? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's actually a, kind of a sad movie. It, it, has, it's, it has its twists and turns, but basically the idea is that there's these tribes and Everybody's a little bit extreme out there, and it's true. So you don't have just normal Mormons. You have raging Mormons, and you don't have just <laughs> normal punk rockers no. or anarchists. You have balls-the-wall anarchists that right, want to just right. like start the revolution. And so you have these really stark contrasts. And actually, I just heard a, 
I keep hearing this hearing this quote that it has the highest uh, gay population per capita. Yeah, right? I've I've heard about this. It's, like, it's a big Salt underground Lake. scene. And I, I'm over there, and I'm I'm looking for the gay people. I'm like, where are you at, man? <laughs> where are you at? Right, right. I don't see that. <laughs> Interesting. I have it. Maybe an undue fascination with that. Just it, right. it it's amazing. What's what's striking about it is the the bicycling culture out there. It's. Uh, it's not anything like you expected. Um, we actually have people that are just really tight knit group out there. They have rides such as the nine 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 ride. Oh yeah, it's, uh, every Thursday it meets at night to night because they have a grid system like Portland. But okay, uh, much bigger streets though, right? And and they get away with a lot more out there because they it's still just like it's new. Uh-huh. And I, I hope this uh, podcast doesn't go out to like some law enforcement and ruin that. And I don't want to. I don't want to hurt the vibe of Salt Lake City bicycle culture here. Seriously, I don't think uh, I don't think anyone in in law enforcement is listening to this show. I, I'm pretty sure. All right, just, just and if you are, you have to tell us. Otherwise, it's entrapment. <laughs> I love the idea of law enforcement listening to this podcast, actually, because that means they're not doing something else, right? They're fucking spending their time listening to us. Great. Yeah, seriously. It, they're trying to get the the line on, on uh, what, what the bicyclists are up to. Jonathan Moss has this joke about how everyone assumes he has a red phone that he can just pick up and tell the, all the bicyclists in Portland what to do, uh, which... I mean, it'd be, it'd be fun if that was the case, but, you know, what can you do? So uh, when did you come to Portland? So what happened was Reverend Phil actually came out with the bike porn tour, mm-hmm. and it just it liberated all of us. Okay. We hadn't experienced that much sexuality in that city for years. Sure. <laughs> I mean, behind closed doors, maybe, and in the underground. I can't know. imagine. Like, so just for context, <laughs> Rev Phil, is a, he's a historic character in the uh, the Portland bicycle scene. Um and Mentioned in last episode. That's too. right. Yeah, yeah. I guess now we say his name one more time. He's, he has to appear, right? He has to show up in the, in the studio. No, you have to be in the bathroom mirror. <laughs> okay. Good thing he wasn't the drinking word. Let's just say. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Uh, it is. Oh uh, yeah, Will. <laughs> um, uh, but anyways, he uh, yeah he uh, has been doing things in town for a long time. Uh, more recently, started making pornography featuring bicycles, right? Correct. That's kind of a kind of his bag these so days. So he came out there, and we had a Jim Kahana, which was a kids that kick off the little kids off the playground, and we do time trials <laughs> on little tiny bikes. That's really around, interesting. Around it. Yeah, and but our big event that that was brought because of Reverend Phil and the bike porn tour crew was tall bike jousting. We never tall bike jousted before that. Yeah, and that's they, kind of a, that's a niche. That. And that's how tall bike Jesus niche. was born. In fact, okay, was because this culture was originated all around this. Like uh-huh. Reverend Phil seems to be our, like a little tie-in. Seriously, in so many ways, it's right. kind of weird. Right. <laughs> Well, he's like the most, uh, probably the most mythic figure uh, as far as I can think of in my time in Portland and my exposure to kind of uh, what was happening in that. Like, he's kind of like the top name as far as, yeah. So well, my first bikey video that I that I produced was Zubom, and he was there, you know. Right. And, you know, and he was the guy I interviewed who told me about what Zubom is and yeah. what it means. And, and Zubomming, for anyone who doesn't know, is awesome. Yeah, zoo bombing. You know, taking your taking a kitty bike up on the uh, the light rail up to the top of the steep hill in Portland, and then riding down fast and getting back on and doing it over again. So basically, the light rail is like your ski lift, and your mini bike is your skis, you know, right? Or, or snowboard, snowboard, as the case may be. Takes yeah. you on me a 
Jimmy. Oh, seriously, I owe you a Coke, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, you owe me some Coke. Uh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> there is a difference. <laughs> Not now, that we, now the cops are losing. <laughs> Not that we would know anything about that. Uh, so no, I'm okay. Coke-free. Simple enough. You got free Coke? Uh, well, it's caffeine-free. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, how did you guys then meet? It was probably through Reverend Phil, I guess, is that's the thing. That's, uh... Reverend Phil basically wanted some content for his bike pornography okay. show. And so he recommended that I go meet up with Dan and that we produce the scene. And he wrote this big, huge script, and it was very elaborate. And uh-huh. Me and Dan got together, and we are like, hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm Zed. Hey, I'm Dan, you know, kind of thing. And uh, we're it was like, exactly like that. Can we do that? Hey, 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 I'm Zed. Hey, I'm Dan. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Exactly, exactly. It's like I'm actually Rev, there. Red script sucks. <laughs> Let's write our own. <laughs> I mean, it did. It really sucked. So we, we started like rolling our, our creativity and uh, figuring out things. And we're like, well, what would kind of work for this? And we, we, we caught up with this idea of like, you know the big oil and and uh, the drill, baby, drill kind of. Those motto. are yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some obvious references to be made there. And uh, and the spill was the spill was happening, right? Dan kept. I think it had happened. Yeah, I think the BP spill had or was happening. And I so, actually just got from a spill. I think during that time, I don't know if it was the same time period, but there was another spill that was in Salt Lake. They were happening all over the country. Okay, they oil all was going the everywhere. It was just black crap everywhere. Right. There's a spill right now in a, in a subdivision in Arkansas. In case you hadn't heard, it's a tar sands. Uh, oh, have you? I haven't heard about this one. No, 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 it's it's really it's not in the news, but basically a whole neighborhood and a lake has been wiped out by oh, tar sands. Shit. Yeah, really? by tar sands <laughs> spill, and it is not in the news anywhere. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> so, it's hard, yeah. It's hard to avoid conspiratorial thought. I think at this point, I guess it's not newsworthy, you know? right? So we we kind of we met up and then we we're talking about this and we're like, well, I, I did a lot of stop motion animation. In fact, I shared some of that with with, uh, with some of my earlier pieces. And we're like, let's use your Legos and do Lego porn. Okay, and uh, <laughs> my kids Legos. Yeah, his, his kids Legos. I don't have my own set. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> and uh, Dan kept telling me throughout this whole production, he's like. Yeah, and then I'm going to have him do Lego sex. I was like, "What the? F- What's he talking about, man?" <laughs> Legos are an inherently like like basically copulation is the way you play with Legos, so that's that kind of fits in some ways. <laughs> I I couldn't see it though. I didn't see the vision until okay the creation was made. But okay, we, we just had fun with uh, Legos and porn and bicycles, and it was it was great. <laughs> right. Well, let me throw this at you: curves are sexy. Legos are uh, like 90 degree angles. So how how does that work together well you'll you'll have to see reverend phil's bike porn you <laughs> okay. know um and this is a video that there might actually be a way to find it on the internet somewhere but we really haven't uh, promoted it there yeah i feel um, like you'd have to sift through a lot of other stuff that you, you know might if you came to open bike to. and you said that you wanted to see the bike porn video we'd probably play it for you okay so by that, request by request it's kind of something that we show live because it's special. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but you have I mean, to know it's like a special moment for the, the secret phrase or whatever. Secret handshake. Okay. Well, Lego bike porn. That's okay, all I say. <laughs> that's a good secret phrase. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, nice. So there, apparently, it's big in Amsterdam. Uh, really? Yeah, it was uh, uh, according to Phil. It was the biggest uh, the, 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 of all the movies that they played. It, it got the the most uh, love apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> what, Legos are unique. And anything done with Legos is inherently it's colorful because you got to do like the bright primary colored blocks yep. and a few non-primary colors. 
Are there non-primary colored Legos? I'm sure there are. Oh, yeah. Green is not a primary color. I always thought it was. Well, basically, the, the, the quick synopsis <laughs> of the story is is, yeah. you've, is you've got a, a, a the, the oil rig blows up, spews oil, and a beast comes out of the oil, you know, very comic book-like, right? And then <laughs> <yeah>. comes out, <laughs> and then you've got people stuck in a traffic jam, right? They're, oh, oh, oh you know. Well-voiced. Talk, talking on their cell phones, you know. <laughs> Hating life, stuck in a traffic jam, and then they get devoured by this beast, which is a Lego dinosaur. Okay. And, you know, they're little, little Lego people. You've seen right, them, right? Yeah, with the little heads. Right. And then the beast eats a bunch of people, and then a Lego team, uh, uh, a boy-girl team come Physical in and save the day. power, engage! Yeah. Poor Mav. The Battle Axe of Fury. You know. Oh, fuck you with my bicycle. Fuck you with my bicycle. <laughs> yes. Those, those are some of the lines straight out of the video. And, uh, and then and they defeat Big Oil and the, and the oil monster. And then they, uh, you know, and then, of course, that makes them horny, just like it okay. would anybody. Right, right. right. Sure. Yeah, that, anytime that, I defeat a big, giant <laughs> oil monster, I really need to get laid afterwards. <laughs> Sure, it just makes well, sense. Well, nothing turn, nothing turns people on like <laughs> defeating big oil. Yeah, really. Yeah, and, and partially because it's just so hard to defeat. But right, we're right. working on it. Well, yeah, I guess that you there's an inherent amount of uh, um, excitement that goes along with that. So, yeah, hmm. that's it, fascinating. And that's the uh, premise of the movie. And you know, like I said, if you if you ask nice, we'll show it to you. Okay, yeah. there we go. Nice. Uh, so what uh, what is the next? Uh, what are you guys working on at present? What uh, what what is the future? Uh, the immediate future of your projects or things that you're up to? So we just finished a midnight mystery ride that we did together. We referenced this yeah. uh, in the last episode. Actually, it was the the magical midnight mystery tour. Okay, yeah. It was based off the well. I'll let Dan talk about it because it's his childhood favorite. Okay. Going on here. <laughs> oh well, I, I just had an, an album, that, a, a giant album. It was actually not the album cover, but like a, a giant-sized version of it. And I was like, "Hey, I'm going to toss this out. Do you want it?" And then that spurred Zed on to say, "Hey, we need a magical mystery ride, and I'm going to do it next month or whatever." And I'm like, "No, don't do it next month. I can't do it next month. And you can't do magical mystery ride without me on it because that's my favorite album, and I love it. You know." <laughs> So we co-led the ride, which is kind of breaking the rules, I suppose. Right. Okay, yeah. So we found this mix from uh, this artist out of Salt Lake City called DJ Wonka, and it's Yellow Dub Marine, and it's uh, a bunch of Beatles song done to dubstep. And I Interesting. It could be a complete disaster. Sure. Given, you know. As like most people, disaster. Yeah. People have hashed it, but this... <laughs> Wait for the drop. (laughs) 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 This was beautiful. And it it was perfect. (laughs) And, uh, you know, from result from this, from from playing this and keeping in contact with this person, in fact, from this ride, uh, I'm actually hoping to get him out here. So this this artist. Okay. So what I like to do, this is kind of my place within this whole bicycle scheme things, is combining... Local music, uh, music from far and far, people I know, like local ground roots music, and put it into bicycle. Okay. Things. That's kind of where uh, my other moniker came from, uh, DJ the Bike Sexual, is I like to just like nice present new kind of music okay. from local artists. Yeah. So that's kind of what I, uh, that, that was my idea with the Magical Midnight Mystery Tour was to introduce people to a new artist that they never heard of that they'd be blown away by. And okay. It worked really yeah. well. Yeah, and it was definitely in my top five or top three midnight mystery rides for sure. 
the weather was perfect. We had a view of Portland. Zed just found them like the most awesome location close in but totally private we had some firewood we had great fires so, that night so since it already happened can you disclose this location the location yes yeah. uh, or do we need to save it for or do you want to keep that, it a that, secret that like in sad. case you well, want to use it, it again we want in our back pocket yeah, i don't know true. <laughs> <laughs> it was around selwood okay uh well All right. except across the river Right. Yeah. That's but our. We, that's our. That's our. That's, that's our mystery. That's as far as we'll go. <laughs> so did you guys cross the Selwood Bridge? We did. I was going to say right. the Selwood Bridge is as far yeah. as many people. Yeah, we, will yeah. go. we took yeah. the lane. You man. must have lost some uh, some people at that point. I. I don't know. Like I. We I've done slow. the mystery ride a couple times, and <clears throat> one time we crossed the Selwood Bridge, and as we're going across. There's a couple of people that just went, oh, hell no. And they turned their bike, <laughs> they turned their bike right around. I ain't right. doing that. No, not, uh-uh, not the Selwood Bridge. Yeah, no. yeah, because you don't know where you're going to wind up. Yeah, that's true. I can see that. But no, we, we, ha- we hadn't gone very far at that point, and uh, we didn't go too much further. And it, you know, it was just a perfect night, perfect yeah. place, and friends and music, and we were loud and rowdy, and it went apparently, I mean... It outlasted Zed and I. I mean, I hate to admit it, but, you know, it went till dawn, apparently. It was great when we did the leader change. I think that was my most favorite part of the entire ride. Yeah. So did you do the write-up, Zed? Was that uh, because there was something that came out afterward kind of describing the the goings-on of the ride? Yeah, I I did it, and then I co-opted it with uh, Dan here. Okay, yeah. Uh, Basically, there's this part where right before we entered into uh, the Springwater Quarter, where I got up on a pillar, and I was like, I am no longer your leader. He's the walrus now. He's the walrus. Follow him it was really yes. great and it was it was beautiful because all these people were coming up to me and like that's never happened i've been riding on midnight mystery tour for years and i've never seen anything like this this is beautiful a leader gives up their right to lead to someone else it was great yeah, yeah we need to see more of that you know that's very interesting so the midnight mystery Especially ride they give up their leadership to me you know? it's true enough <laughs> true enough <laughs> as all should uh <laughs> the midnight mystery ride if I'm not mistaken, has been going through kind of a dry spell recently. It seemed like uh, there, there was kind of a scramble to find new new ride leaders. Uh, there wasn't a lot of momentum. Uh, it just seemed to me like the I think the first one I went on was kind of in the middle of that period where it wasn't uh, it wasn't it that was no one wanted to summer. do it, but yeah. yeah. But it was just really hard to find people to uh, to organize rides and to get that thing going. So you guys doing something like this and kind of injecting uh, a shot of awesomeness into, into the it, arm yeah. of the midnight mystery ride that was a good high five. <laughs> Caught perfectly between the two microphones. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the thing that, that needs to happen is uh, kind of almost a, not a passing of the torch because you guys have been around for a while, but uh, yeah. Just a, just sort of a rethinking and, mm-hmm. and so reinventing. Or I actually brought this, yeah. I brought this ride back to Salt Lake City uh-huh. and I re, redid it for a while. And I, don't, I think it kind of died out, but it, it was cool when we started because we had capes. We had the Midnight Mystery Cape, <laughs> and it would be to the theme of the ride. We have themed. Every ride was themed. Okay. And so the first ride was just, like, wild and zany, so I, I brought this cape out. And then what happened at the ride is we got to the end location. They were, really, they were really small rides. We'd hand the cape off to the next person. It was, like, the case of the traveling pants or something like that. Very nice. And then they would add their own little insignia to the, the cape according to what the theme was. So the next one was like Fiesta Under the Sea. So this guy did a poncho and he had a little piece of my cape to it. And okay. we continued the, the inspiration on. And it was, it was pretty amazing, the, the concept. I just really like the idea of remixing things and not re- necessarily reinventing the wheel, but making the wheel work better. Yeah, sure. yeah. 
and uh, as a DJ, that's that's almost like inherent into the job is kind of mixing things and changing them around and right. taking something familiar and making it interesting by adding new elements. Yeah, nice, very nice. Um, I, I was just interested. I was intrigued. And Aaron, stop me if you got anything that uh, comes to mind for you. I'm just going to start throwing questions out. Okay, go for but, it. But uh, Dan, I, you're kind of famous for almost having a. Uh, an evangelical tone about uh, about the need to move away from oil dependence. Yeah, you know, I consider myself a bike evangelist. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, hallelujah. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating to me to hear it preached with such, uh, if I can say that, with with such uh, vigor and such conviction, because it seems like a lot of people are making the argument saying like this is something we have to do, but it comes out kind of sounding dry. And you have this emotion that that is uh, infused into every presentation that you give every time you talk about like hey, this is something that we need to think seriously about. It comes out as though you actually believe it and you actually mean it. So uh, oh, is, is that... Yeah, I mean, and, but, and I'm a hypocrite too, and I'll, I'll admit it right now. I mean, <laughs> I have a minivan that gets uh, 17 miles to the gallon. Aren't you know? we all, right? You know, um, and I believe that that's a big part of how we've built our, uh, we've built our system. Mm-hmm. So it makes it really, you know, very difficult to not, use automobile infrastructure right you know to you know you're actually going to put yourself at a disadvantage if you if you want to take such a hardcore stand i believe that you know we live within you know this is like a family that we're in this whole this whole species of the human right this thing called life is a plant is this family or perhaps our 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 country is a family our state is a family or city whatever they're they're like families and we build up infrastructures and of course all families are dysfunctional mm-hmm. and our dysfunction you know we've got numbers of dysfunctions i mean and we could go after any of them but i do look at our dependence upon oil and our dependent on our whole transportation system is very dysfunctional mm-hmm. and it can be fixed now it doesn't it doesn't start with one person going oh, i'm just walking everywhere from now on and riding my bike it starts with us getting together collectively and say we want to do it better mm-hmm. and that's and you know it's a catchphrase from zubom i mean that is the slogan of zubom um, do it better do it better and yeah you know and i and that's the thing is people it, people you know, go oh well you know you're your this uh, Columbia Sportswear jacket's made out of petroleum, made or of oil. Uh, so you are know, my whatever. Or the, my the oil on my chain is petroleum. You know, it's just like no, we can do it better. Don't try to end the the story and just like give up and take the easy way out. We can do it better. No, we can do it better. Mm-hmm. It's it's silly to think otherwise. Um, and people give up. You know, you hear people go, well, yes, we need to move away from oil, but it's going to take fifty years. Mm-hmm. You know. No, that's, that's too long. I, that I is can't a, work that's that. That's a cop out. We can't do that. We don't Fuck it, need. I'm leasing to be, a Hyundai. That's right. You know, we can do it better. Again, once again, we can do it better, and and I think we will. We have to push towards it. And you know, um, I, I work within the framework of my family, the city, my own personal family, the country, the nation, the world. But I, I am definitely pushing for something better, and I know we can. And if, you know, as soon as we come up with that solution, solar energy and you know, infinite energy coming out of your wall, well, we'll have a whole new problem to deal with. Mm-hmm. But that is a problem I want to find out and get there to that. I think it's great working with Dan because 
he has this very serious tone and he has the baritone voice as mentioned on Black Portland. <laughs> <laughs> a rich baritone, yeah. The rich baritone voice. We're really not doing you guys justice with the microphone. Today. You know? Plus he gave me the bad mic. What's Sorry about that. <laughs> you got to compensate. I got to sound better than you a little bit. <laughs> or at least, at least equal, right? Uh, but my, my perspective of bicycle culture is that it needs to be fun. Now, we're not Copenhagen. We don't uh, pretend to be. We're not going to have the same numbers. But I still think that we are the pedal party capital of the world. Here, here. Uh-huh. Yeah, and we I need to bring that. And so I feel like when we go out on rides, when we're, we're advocating, leave no one behind. I, get, I see so many rides where there's new people getting involved with it, and they're leaving, leaving people behind. Boo. You yeah. know? No, no drop rides are the no, best. No bicycle left behind. And, and this is a system that actually will work instead of just a political phrase that's brought upon <laughs> or people judging people, people judging people for coming to the naked bike ride like driving their bike to the naked bike ride oh, oh, oh that's boo. so awful oh, fuck that no bring them to the naked bike ride i don't care how you get their fucking helicopter in for christ's sake just ride your bike yeah. <laughs> seriously once right. you're on the naked bike ride yeah. right right it's not the naked car drive because that would be boring <laughs> very boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the idea that make, making things fun, like you, you have to have both the gravitas of, of like this. This is a serious issue. And also, like, we can't take ourselves too seriously. Otherwise, we're all going to be very sad. Well, look at the numbers here. I mean, it's not just the weather, but it's the fact that all these people are coming out because they want to have bikey fun. I mean, June's overwhelming for a cyclist. You have 300, bi- 300 plus bicycle rides going on. Pedalpalooza. For Pedalpalooza within this period of time. And it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, I actually just talked with somebody that you're going to be talking with, I think, in the future about making an app for Pedalpalooza. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we can't talk about who that is or, or any of the details yet. But well, I won't uh, talk about the details. Of course not. But my, my, my point is, is that people are getting excited about yeah. the fun aspects. Of Wait a it. second. I want to talk about code for a while. <laughs> Can we do that? Are you guys like really conversing in C? Zero one 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 zero 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 one one binary solo but, i'm sorry I, I think there's this this uh this spark that's being lit um there's a lot of people that are getting burned out but there's also the sparks being lit that's being uh igniting passions of cyclists in portland mm-hmm. i've seen a lot of people get burned out but i'm also seeing a lot of people picking up that 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 place right uh, one person i think in particular about this is uh chris fool who has been the facilitator for shift to bikes meetings for years and years and years and in and he's finally trying to pass his torch off and you know, we're we're trying to facilitate that with our open bike. Okay. Actually, having it at the same time, so we gotcha. can start dialogue and get things rolling. And I feel like there's just like so much inspiration out there, and there's so many passionate artists. They just need to be ignited. Yeah. Well, and I imagine uh, I think that's that's one of the I don't know results or or benefits of leaving nobody behind or leaving no bike behind is you get these people who were like maybe just curious at first and then they see things with new eyes and then they inject new energy into something that maybe was either dying or just getting stagnant. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the ways that's going to help us be like the, the bike party capital, you know, of, of the pedal world. party, I think it's the, the pedal yeah. party. Thank it's you. Catchy. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm yes. coining it. Yeah. <laughs> and bike curiosity. I like that pedal party capital of the world. Pedal party, we right. are because we. I mean, <clears throat> I've I've heard a lot of cyclists get down on us because they say, "Oh, well, Europe has this infrastructure, but they don't know how to party like we know how to party." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing like pedal palooza around. I mean, there's there's people that try to attempt it, right? But we we hold it. Oh, and you were talking about uh, Copenhagen. I never think of Copenhagen as a place where people are just like, "Woo!" 
Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of great things to emulate, but I, I feel like uh, I, the, the whole like uh, the the Northern European thing uh, is is basically like you know, darkness and sadness, uh, and it doesn't have to be that way. And it isn't always, but but that's I think there's more of that than there is here. Maybe if due to latitude, if nothing else. So uh, we're we're doing okay. I think, and uh, I, I'm very inspired by kind of the things that I've seen over the past several years, and the way that Pedal Palooza continues to build and grow, and uh, the same groups of people that are organizing those rides year round are doing very interesting things. So, you know, bike bike fun is key. I mean, that is what is going to get uh, young people involved. That's what's going to. I, I think, you know, you may start your biking, like for me, it was a protest against the Iraq war. I started biking seriously in 2002 when I saw the run up to the war. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's so much more noble than my reason. I'm just cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of, that, that is the, the story for so many of us though, too. I mean, I was cheap and that was why I started. I had no other option. I couldn't afford anything else. So I finally exactly. at rock bottom said, I'll ride my bike to work. Yeah. But, my 74 dart was, you know, although the gas mileage, wait, you had a 74 was, dart. Yes, I did. I had a 73 dart. Oh, it's wow. a great car and it is yeah. pretty cheap except for the gas. Yeah. Slant but, six. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. yeah. It was the, oh no, I take, the, take that back. It was a three, four, 14 uh, v8 uh, oh, okay yeah yeah which had, it, it had some yeah. muscle you know i had a plymouth that was like it was like riding a horse i love that. we're not supposed to be talking about this it's all oil let's there. talk about cars <laughs> i love muscle cars i will just say that i love muscle cars i will always have a soft spot for muscle cars yeah and they were great in the 60s and early 70s totally and then uh you know usa hit peak oil and uh, we had a gas crisis, and uh, you know Carter put solar panels on the roof of the White House, and that was our opportunity to make a change in terms of our energy infrastructure. And uh, we chose not to. We mm-hmm. elected Ronald Reagan because, uh, yeah. you know, of course, that was the easier way out. Um, Reaganomics, baby. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get your Reagan. It's worked well. <laughs> trickle down. I feel trickled on. You know, seriously. Uh, yeah, it's very similar, but there are differences. So I do feel like bike fun is an entry point, and I do feel like ultimately you keep biking because it's fun, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's why I like it. And even when it's pouring down rain, 40 degrees outside, you keep biking because it's fun. It was striking because in the newspaper, I think it was the Willamette Weekly, uh, don't completely quote me on that, but it was, it was one of these local papers, and they have these articles that they bring out about people that give up their cars for a week because their editor made them do it. Oh, right. And yeah, how that painful was it is. The cover story, I think, of yeah. uh, this last week's And I, I wrote an editorial into issue. this, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Let's, let's do an article about a cyclist that gives up their bike for a week and rides a, drives a car and oh. says how miserable it is. This is fucking awful. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm stuck in this commute. I can't move. What am I going to do? I've been I think I'm going to go back to my yeah. bike. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know fighting. how to I'm get sick of those articles. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, just, they're kind of trite. <laughs> Right, right. I don't know how to get around in this town without using the Springwater Trail. <laughs> I cannot drive on this thing. I'm unfamiliar with the arterials. Yeah. No, it's it's true. I mean, I like I, this. I've had this cold the last couple of weeks, and I've been driving a lot more, and it's just it's just horrible. It's just depressing. I, you know, driving more than I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably shouldn't be. That's probably why I'm not, you know, winning on this thing. But, you know, ultimately, I think that we can, with cycling, is, is, is a better solution. But 
we've also we have to make some serious strides in the in our infrastructure and i do feel like we've stagnated there so, you know city of portland you know now we're pushing for a columbia river crossing now we're pushing for more parking spaces for buildings that are you know go, new buildings that are going up it's just like whoa wait a second we're moving backwards welcome now. back 1950 yeah, yeah. welcome yeah. back yeah and uh you know you've got vested interest who you know like the oregonian who want to you know keep us stuck in this whole sprawl mentality, the car culture, that whole thing, folks? Okay, if you're listening to this right now, it is over. Peak oil happened. It's like happened years ago. Peak oil has happened. It's not a Gas, question of whether yeah. or not. Gas prices are going to go up. Okay, there's still a whole lot of oil left in the ground. I realize that, but it's getting way more expensive to get it out. Mm -hmm. The amount of oil that it takes to get out a gallon of oil, it takes more than a gallon of oil to get out a gallon of oil. Okay, so think about that. It just don't work. Right. The fact that fracking exists as a process to get get oil is more than proof. Like it shouldn't be. Yeah, that we've... (laughs) We're kind of scratching the bottom of the of yeah the barrel t- tar here. sand shale extraction <laughs> deep water mining of course it's all way more polluting it's all way more intensive and it's way more expensive but of course there's you know these companies that own major shares in these in these in this production they own the rights and les- legislature that o- own major shares in these companies absolutely. So that's what we're fighting against, and it's it's a big uphill battle. And you've got these sprawling cities. You know, bicycles, pedestrians, and public transit do not work well in a sprawling city. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's so that's what we're fighting against. Um, and it it is it's a big uphill battle. But you know, I I, I think inertia is actually going to be what's what helps us win this thing. I got a good sound insert right here. Yeah, uh, enter the haggis gasoline. Basically, yeah, it's a uh, it's a song. This is my shameless plug. It's nice. a good fan. Um, <laughs> cars and trucks and gasoline. Then they came upon the scene, and it talks about how these these automobiles structure entered into it, and the world was green and beautiful, and then it just got polluted and shitty. Uh-huh. Kind of what we're facing right now in yeah. a lot of ways. And uh, it's a it's an amazing song, and it's just it's it's striking the 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 view it, it presents. That's yeah. that's my little DJ. Like so, totally. sexual, uh, thank you. shameless plug. Thank yeah, yeah. you. Mixing thank it you. in. Uh, so All what's right. it called again? Enter the Haggis? Enter the Haggis Gasoline. Okay. So, yeah, check it out. It's a good nice. band. They're uh, like Scott, Irish, punk, Celtic mix. It's a good mix. Yeah, it's good stuff. I like that. Enter Sandman, enter Haggis. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> you going to play us a song, D? Uh, no, but I'm ready. Uh, hey, hey, man, I'm, any, I'm, any I'm old time. I get excited for your yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah, any old time. <laughs> Well, you know, we're talking dinosaurs bite. Well, that's a good that's a good lead in right now. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> do it. I liked that one from and Open. Bike, actually, actually, if, if yeah. we before we start, uh, do you, you want to point your mic kind of at his guitar? You don't have to move it, just like point it at it so we'll pick up some more of that. Yeah. Thank you. Can you swear in this one too? Yeah, go for it. It's a podcast. We can say whatever we want, right? Whatever the fuck you want, please do. Just get angry, man. Get angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to forgive me. My voice is really thrash with dinosaurs bites dinosaurs bite dinosaurs tussle now and dinosaurs fight some dinosaurs eat plants the one over there eats meat well you better get running on your dinosaur feet because dinosaurs bite 
dinosaur's bite A dinosaur stuck in the ground That's a dinosaur's plight Well, they used to roam the earth The sky and the sea Now we dig them from the ground So we all can see And know that dinosaur's bite Dinosaur's bite Dinosaur mics That makes a dinosaur right Well the earth got hit by a big asteroid There wasn't one damn thing they could do to avoid The lakes got hot and they started to boil Now we pop them from the ground To get our crude oil You know that dinosaur's bite Dinosaurs bite Drinking dinosaur fuel That's our dino delight And when you're driving your car And drinking your gasoline And you're choking on the fumes You'll know what I mean When the glaciers all melt And the oceans do rise well, I hope it don't come as a fucking surprise Because of dinosaurs bite Dinosaurs bite Thank you, sir. Well done. I think it was more impressive that you're sick and you did that. I, I felt it like... Yeah. The power of it, like yeah, I gotta do this. There's some, there's some more uh, inherent angst, I think, built into the voice when you're when, when it's actually strained, you know. And, uh, it, good job, thank you, sir. Sure. You gotta chase that with the whiskey, right? Yeah, that was fantastic, yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious, Dan, uh, as far as just musically, I, I know you've uh, you've infused a lot of your video projects with your own music over uh, over the, the years. So uh, what, what's your musical background? Well, I, I uh, was a bass player professionally in my 20s and early 30s, or 30s, and um, and had bands and played reggae, blues, rock and roll, jazz, um, and then I quit. I had a, a real good paying you know, job and uh, went that route, plus I had kids and needed to support them, and after my second kid came along, I uh, gave up playing in bands and stuff and uh, you know you've heard the story um and delighted to have my children because they're awesome and would trade make that trade any day of the week um but i couldn't trade music i'm uh, music is in me and i can't stop it from getting out so i picked up a guitar um and because bass you know you know let's say you got a kid in diapers on the floor you know you can be thumping around on the bass but it's just really not an <laughs> instrument you sing and right. and play to on its own it's an ensemble instrument so i picked up guitar about then uh 2002 and um started writing songs you know and nice. um that's where we're at and so now uh yeah i do you know i eventually moved into the video production and audio production business i was originally planning on kind of doing what you're doing here with the mixer and and audio for music and that kind of thing and that was right about again around the time the mp3s were kind of taking over the world and i saw the writing on the wall and thought uh well 
video might be the way to go. Uh, right. Video podcasting, actually. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever call it vodcasting? I did. Okay. In fact, I had a, I had, I actually own the domain vodcast.com. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. It's one of those words that's kind of like cyber, I think. Like, like it's, it's yeah. not a bad word. It's just like it, it kind of has tinges of a certain era. Yeah. You can yeah. make a great porn site out of that. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> it's spelled V-A-U-D, vodcast. It was vaudeville. Oh, oh okay. Yes. Oh, that actually, that's way better. That's like yeah. vintage porn. I like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Burlesque cast. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I would do lots of ba- videos of bands and I record them and shoot the video. And, and you know, it would be like a great performance and i get 50, 50 views or something like that. And right. I'd be like, wow, really? And then I'd do something on bikes like zoo bombing or naked bike ride and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of views and or thousands of views, you know. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I love bikes. I'd already gotten into bikes. And then I was able to put music on top of it, and uh, it's just it's a dream come true. And you know, I love doing travel and tourism and uh, anything bike oriented, bike related, uh, bike mm-hmm. industry. Um, I love that, and that's kind of my dream job. Zeds helps me out with so much with graphics and websites and and. Uh, you know, uh, ideas, photography, he's a great photographer. Um, a renaissance and, man. And video. Oh, total renaissance man. So, you know, and, and, and helps, <laughs> and helps uh, just bolster my spirits when it needs to happen. You know, it's uh, when you're, you know, in a creative business, it's, it's kind of a hard, sometimes a hard road. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a lot of ups and downs. You'll have a great gig and, uh, you love it and you're like, Oh, my dream job. And I am pinching myself for this. And then, and then, you know, you try to make ends meet too. Sometimes. Right. Right. <laughs> and that's the constant struggle between art and, uh, and profit, I guess, I'm trying to make, uh, make both of those things happen without compromising the other. It's, it's a tough road to, to walk, I suppose. It, yeah, it yeah. is. And, you know, there is a part two where art just needs to happen for its own sake. And I really believe in that. So there's art and then there's craft and there's the combination of those two things, you know? Yeah. And, um, again, I'm not a big judger. Right? People got to do what they got to do. You know? Right. Right. And, um, Katie Perry needs a job too. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure is who that she fair? is, but yeah. That's okay. <laughs> well, that makes it even better. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zed, as far as music for you, uh, what, uh, how long have you been at is it turntablism? Is that the correct term? Uh, I, I kind of make shift on the bicycle, honestly. Okay. Uh, I've done some stuff with Audacity. Okay. I'm not quite as... Uh, Physiqued, I don't know. Uh, I don't know the exact terminology as, as Dan over here. In, in, in many ways, I, I have a different kind of ear. <laughs> okay. With the with the music, uh, I don't play any instruments in particular. Um, I I like to do mixes mm-hmm. and just kind of bring it. Uh, and that started uh, from back in Salt Lake City, and it's kind of interesting because we both started about the same time. With yeah. with his crank my chain, I started something called Salt Cycle out in Salt Lake City. Nice. Which is essentially the bike Portland of Salt Lake City. Okay. And when it started, it was just me blogging and bitching about stuff about bicycling. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it grew, and it grew, and it grew. And now they're getting about 5,000 to 10,000 hits a month wow. on this site. And they have their own uh, cycling team. And from that, we actually even created a gallery, too, out in Salt Lake. So it just it exploded. Mm-hmm. But Salt Lake City seemed too small for me, so I kind of I moved out here. And right. 
Yeah. Yeah. How tied in are you to what's happening there now? I'm sure like the internet makes it possible to kind of stay updated. Like you can subscribe via RSS or what have you. Yeah. I've, I've really tried to block it out a little bit because I've, uh-huh. I've had struggles coming between here and Salt Lake. I really want to make it here. Um, like you want to own this place as a place that you right, live in, the place you're I, invested in. I see a lot of people, and I see the struggle happen a lot in in in, in Portland. It, it's difficult to get work. It's difficult to to make it here. Um, and a lot of people think of this as kind of like their their side vacation, like it's their, their little never never land, and then they have to go back <laughs> to the real world. Of the nineties, right? We, we, <laughs> it's so true. And we have to go back to our our our, our real place. But I want to make this my real place. This <laughs> right? Is, yeah. This is the only place I feel. Truly accepted, 100%. Another fantastic high five in between the mics. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I've seen that time and time again. Like, I'll dress up a certain way and people will actually compliment me instead of giving me weird-ass looks and talking behind my back. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a different world out here, and it, it's, it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. It's really meant to be. And yeah. I see that again and again. So maybe the conservatism of Salt Lake City made it easy to, uh, to be like super committed and super passionate about being different. Uh, but but maybe that gets old after a while. Like you right, just, you, you, start... you have to always be on fire there. And then <laughs> people, I actually was told by somebody. I said because I was so passionate about uh, political change and things like that, and and getting my ideas heard. And they said to me, "You need to go to San Francisco, man." Yeah, and I was yeah. like, "You don't fit in here." I was like, "But I'm needed here, and I have no regrets for the time I spent in Salt Lake City." But I feel like I've come to a point where. I need to expand myself. And this has happened to so many people. Uh, mm-hmm. Tony Piera is a, a perfect example of this with his, his, his frame building. I mean, he said he came out here because of the, like, a different situation, but it seems like we have this flock of cyclists come out here. It's not just people, hipsters of, and Portlandians. You know? right. It's people that really just want to embrace a bicycle culture. And I'm here to say we have a place for you here. Mm-hmm. Come out here. Don't just sit on your ass and do nothing. Do it better. Do it better than me. Yeah. And that's what we said about that Midnight Mystery Ride when we, 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 we held it. We said, you know what? This is a great ride. We, we feel like we're doing a good job. But if you could do it better, then do it better. Totally. Yeah. Uh, you guys know Steph, Ralph, and Ed. Uh, they just moved out to our neck of the woods out here. And uh, uh, on the move by bike, uh, after we were eating food and drinking beer, I met a guy who had moved here from Colorado. And I believe, Dan, he was familiar with your work. And I suppose implicitly, uh, the two of you, yeah, your collective work. Uh, but said he moved here for the bicycle culture, which I think is uh, is very cool. Um, I, I think uh, in one way, that that's kind of how we can make some change is when there's a bit of a, a bit of a mass that's big enough to to affect social change, like uh, votes in in the ballot box or uh, yeah, that sort of thing. I was thinking we could move the the cyclists to, to Portland. And we could move all the motorists to Houston, Texas. That that could work. <laughs> that's that's my big they've scheme. Got, of they've got room for them over there. <laughs> they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess the other thing is to consider is just that uh, you're not going to become a barista if you move to this town because that's like a pro game here. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you probably won't even get to work at a bike shop if you like bikes because there's uh, there's a ton of people working in bike shops already. But if you're willing to be creative, uh, there are many ways to make a good living in this town um, if you're creative and committed to it and ready to stick it out. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm On not, that- not going to call it a utopia by any means because every place has its problems. Uh, you move here, you just accept a different set of problems. But, uh, but at the same time, uh, I think there is something to be said for like joining people who have similar values as you. And uh, yeah, and doing it better that way. I was going to say on that line, uh, I actually just introduced a T-shirt design called the Bike Sexual, ah. um, and it's basically the bicycle symbol with male female symbols in it. There we go. And uh, I'm surprised that hasn't been done yet. I 
haven't seen it, so yeah, yeah. I'm I'm introducing that line actually. Copyright so. 2013, Zed Bailey. It's copyright. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, and working with Dan's has actually been a big inspiration for getting that idea out, and a lot of my ideas. I feel like we we kind of bounce off each other and do creative stuff, mm-hmm. and that's kind of where the Lego bike porn thing came from. That's right. Mystery, and we hope to. I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing this, but we talk in inklings that we might be doing something for Petapalooza. But there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Possible, possible. But we Let's better see. get on it before all the dates are filled up. You know. <laughs> By the way, that's a shift two bikes dot org. You know, it'd be shift. really cool if there was an app for that, and I could download that for my. <laughs> Can we I talk can o- about coding for I a second? I can only hope zero, this. Zero, one, one. <laughs> I have no idea who would do something like that, but I certainly hope that it gets made. Um, <laughs> Man, there's so many shameless plugs going on in this podcast. <laughs> shameless uh, amorphous plugs. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we could come back to Disco Trike. Oh, right. Like, we haven't even talked about the Disco Trike yet. We did yet. not. Yeah, yeah. I've been sitting on this for disco a while. Trike. Well, fuck. Let's do the Disco Trike first. We've got to do Disco Trike. Yeah, yeah. Dan. Oh, so, oh that, <laughs> no, is it's that the question? Need. Disco trike? Question mark? Question mark? Uh, disco trike. Uh, you know, I had a dream about a trike that was like the Pied Piper, right, riding around with music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went to Burning Man, and there it was—a guy riding his trike. And he had a generator, and he had uh, music blasting out of the back of his trike. And I was like, I went up to the guys, like, dude. You're my dream. I mean, I had you in a dream. Burning Man dreams. Yeah. And then, no, this is pre-Burning Man dreams. You know, people talk about Burning Man dreams. And so I, this is 2006. I saw that. I, I, like, I couldn't believe it. I, you know, I went home and I, I vodcasted on it. And, nice, uh, nice. <laughs> you know, and uh, then Kirsten, my lovely wife and life partner, uh, she was driving down the street. She saw a trike on the side of the the road and at a at a secondhand shop, and it had been misassembled. It was sixty dollars, brand new, but not functioning because mm. it was misassembled. And that was the disco trike. Um, I painted it gold, powder coated it. Actually, what was the original color? It was blue. There we go. It was okay. I mean, it looked okay, but it Gold's wasn't the you know. But we call it the disco trike right off the bat, and it was straight out of my dream. And you know, we throw my bass amplifier in the back with a battery inverter powered thing, and it's loud as hell. Yeah, um, uh, so loud that the Portland police have decided to arrest me on it um, <laughs> and hassle me about it. Has, how many times has that happened? Hassling or arresting? Well, the arrest. There's one notable uh, <laughs> possession of it that took place by the Portland yeah, police. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was surrounded by a mounted police and then attacked by bicycle police. Um, wow. Yeah. Multimodal. Yeah, it really was multimodal, and I mean, and it's funny too because it was like they were they were totally gearing to fight me, and uh-huh. I was like, okay, dudes, <laughs> you got me. I will comply. <laughs> You know. Right, and you were um, just thumping Bob Marley, right? I'm thumping some Bob Marley and maybe some Donna Summers. I'm not sure which yeah, okay. at the time. Yeah. Actually, I wasn't thumping anything at the time, but they got, they got me for previous Bob Marley. I think it was okay. You know, and uh, it's just too chill. Bob Marley. <laughs> I won in court, by the way, but I was arrested, detained. I didn't actually have to do any time. That's um, good, except for about thirty, forty minutes in handcuffs, mm-hmm. and um, this was for a protest during the Occupy era. And, uh, it's, um, so that, you know, the disco trike brings 
good hearted, good spirit, good spiritedness. You know, um, there was a pro- a riot kind of happening one time when I showed up. It was a police riot, as I would like to call it. Like the, it was happening because the police were there. Yeah, the police have decided they're going to clear out a park, and they're all full of themselves and their riot gear sure. and billy clubs, and they're pushing folks out who are trying to do a reoccupation. And it's like kind of a head to head, a frontline assault kind of thing and i pulled up and i'm i'm blaring funky town and uh <laughs> which is all of a great. sudden everybody just pulls out of the the, the pull off the fight and we all start dancing in the street and then we just paraded around the city for the next three or four hours wound back up in the same park at the end of the night and then took it over for the night and it was like 30 degrees and so everybody went home and there you go it's just kind of like you know if you never inserted the fucking police in the first place people would have just gotten cold and gone home anyway <laughs> You know, um, it's kind of a revitalization of the. uh, And we would have saved so many tax dollars from that. (laughs) I think it was striking during the the court case when when Dan got up and they asked him what he was playing. He said, I play the classics. And they're like, What are the classics? (laughs) 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 What are the classics, Dan? Oh, you know, Diana Ross and and the Bee Gees. Sure. Uh, You know. That's pretty great. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, my favorite part was when they asked the the sergeant, you know, what. you know what I was playing, and he said, "Oh, Bob Marley." Yeah, you know it's uh, the disco trike. Though isn't just about a political protest. It's the disco trike is a live broadcast unit. I can mm-hmm. do live streaming from it. I can play music. I can do public address. Um, it, it's I can shoot. I do a lot of video production off of the disco trike. It's a great kind of um, a dolly, if you will. I can hold my camera and roll along and shoot stuff with it. Right, right. Um, so I mean, it's got a lot of um, you know, it, it's got a lot of versatility because it's so stable and uh, it can hold a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And I can pull trailers with it too. Yeah. Um, and it can let be loud. And um, actually, we're looking to you know. I'm sure Pedal Palooza, you will see the disco track. It'll be out there. I'm gonna have to keep my eyes open on this one. <clears throat> Absolutely, it's, it's it's just a ton of fun, you know. And then we did the naked bike ride uh, a couple of years ago, 2011. I did a little video on that, and I rode the disco trike around with my camera and my guitar, played my song "Naked Bike Ride," <laughs> um, and uh, you know. We definitely want to pimp Naked Bike Ride. That's coming up, yeah. It is. World Naked there's, Bike Ride. There's actually a pre-Pedalpalooza ride at the end of this month. Is that right? That's correct. I'm going to have to get on that, I think. Uh, pedalmashup.blogspot.com is uh, okay. what I served for Excellent. That. We will uh, thank you, Aaron, for annotating that. Uh, I just swear this is the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, Aaron is starting to take notes on uh, what happens, which <laughs> is really helpful because I have a I have one hell of a time trying to remember all the things we talk about and what needs to be linked to. So yeah, well, most of it is just me. Um, I think finally coming to terms with my own age and <laughs> lack of memory. So this, like, I got to write these things down, right, right? So then I can relive them once I'm senile. Exactly. <laughs> so that's this not a bad idea. Is uh, basically. Uh, a mashup of uh, all the best rides of Pedalpalooza that everybody enjoys, like the oh, David nice. Bowie oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. ride. And you can dress up as your theme as your favorite ride. Perfect. So I, I want some of you uh, favorited uh, World Naked Bike Riders to come out naked <laughs> right, right. Yeah. for me. It's, um, it's and not illegal in Portland. We're, we're also going to be shooting a All the Apparatus music video. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's going to be promoting Pedal Palooza for that. Oh, they have okay. a "Let's Go Ride Bikes" uh, song, and some of the members of All the Apparatus are going to be showing up. I actually just confirmed that with them. Nice. And so it's going to be a great time. That's so, that's lovely. Yeah, wherever the linkage is, went on this, but yeah, 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 check it out. Excellent. 
Well, cool. Uh, Dan and Zed, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate you coming out. Thanks for sharing uh, your uh, your stories, your talents, your ideas and whatnot, your uh, collective passion. It's good stuff. So, Right on, right yeah. on. Well, uh, we're probably at a good time to close out our show. Do you want to do one more piece of music, Dan? I absolutely do. I, awesome. I hope I made it real clear here. I'm strumming my guitar. <laughs> the body language. Uh, yeah, the guitar exactly. is at the ready. Yeah. You know, you can you can cut this in, cut this out, but uh, this is Naked no, Bike Ride, and the in, world Naked Bike Ride is happening, uh, well, sometime in June during Pedapalooza. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> he once played the song, and I rode around naked, and it was great. <laughs> It was inspirational. Very. Yes. It inspires me to get naked. It should inspire you to get naked, too. Going on a naked bike ride, you won't believe your eyes. Going on a naked bike ride, it's a full moon surprise. Going on a naked bike ride, I got the wind blowing through my hair. Going on a naked bike ride, cause it feels so good down there. Gonna do it by day, gonna do it by night, gonna ride our bikes naked to our heart's delight. Don't need no diesel, don't need no gas, just two strong legs and one crash helmet. Going on a naked bike ride for my nation's independence. Going on a naked bike ride, I'm leaving something for my descendants. Going on a naked bike ride, it's my patriotic duty. Going on a naked bike ride, check out my big green bootay. You may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. Yeah. You may ask yourself, well, how did I get here behind this goddamn bicycle? Well, just keep in mind in your car, you're fully clothed. Uh, but on a bicycle. But on a bicycle. <laughs> that seems like a good idea. Put your butt on a bicycle. But on a bicycle, you're naked. So we're gonna do it by day, gonna do it by night, gonna ride a bike, take it to a heart's delight. Don't need no diesel, don't need no gas, just two strong legs and one crash helmet. Going on a naked bike ride, invite all your friends. Going on a naked bike ride, the fun it never ends. Well done, sir. Thank you so much. All right, thank you, Brock. This has been the Sprocket Podcast, and uh, we had a great time. This was, yeah, this was a great episode. 
Uh, find us on the internet at thesprocketpodcast.com. Send feedback about the program and suggestions for topics and or guests and or drinks. Write us via email. The address is thesprocketpodcast at gmail.com. Call and leave us a message at 503-847-9774. Connect with us on Twitter at Sprocket Podcast. Damn right. Or live tweet us. <laughs> Thanks to Ryan J. Lane for providing our theme music. Find him on the internet at ryanjlane.bandcamp.com. Thanks to Herbird for our headline sounder. Find them at herbirdmusic.com. See y'all later. Have a good, good night, week. folks. Bye bye. So there you go. That was the interview with uh, Dan Kaufman and Zed Bailey. Um, I I remember a lot about the interview was just the amount of energy that was in the room that night. Um, and yeah, that's an energy we'll be missing. Uh, and again, just any of you who are listening that are struggling, please reach out to somebody. It doesn't have to be us. It doesn't even necessarily have to be any kind of hotline. Just reach out. Um, there's no way out by yourself. And also you're not alone. Well said. All right. Cool. Sprocketeers out. We'll uh we'll see you next week. All right. You better all show up. <laughs>